Welcome to What the Hecks, your source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 oldies but goodies. Today I'm your host, Phil, and with me as always, it's Davey. How are you doing, Davey? Good. Glad to have some old friends back in the fold here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some surprising friends that we didn't maybe expect to see back. Yeah, we're unfortunately not talking about awesome guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll maybe get back to that. We're talking about CODs, some very uh, yeah, very exciting essentials pack. So yeah, yeah, truly essential essential cards. Uh, but uh, we will get we'll get there. Uh, we're we're champing at the bit to try and talk about these. But uh, to give you some context before we dig in. Um, just to know when we're talking about this, uh, we are recording on pre-order day. Uh, both the uh, vampires and the starter set are also available um, for pre-order. So big drop of Warhammer Underworld stuff if you just can never get enough and need to blow all your money. Uh, <laughs> you got three yeah. three new releases on top of having Seraphon just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, some undead dice if you want. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And dice, man. Uh, the attack dice are pretty boss on those. The uh, yeah. defense dice are a little hard to read, and that's one of my pet peeves. Uh, oh, the dice are hard to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know some of the times when uh, I was playing in the same room as Amon, we were on the same team, and he has he would uh, use those championship dice, which is a nice power move. But man, like unless I was like right <laughs> next to the table, I'm like I don't know what he rolled. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just they were just super hard to read. Uh, those are the so. like light green with white. Uh, no, I think they were like, well, I don't know, maybe it, color, color is sometimes subjective. They were kind of like see-through yellow with white on them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that yeah. really yellow, green, light color. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I, I would be often mystified, you know, you, I'd have to watch like his reaction to see whether the dice were good or not. <laughs> so, uh, maybe my eyesight's just bad. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's enough way. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're we're gonna break all that down. Um, but uh, we uh, we got some community shoutouts. What do you got, Phil? Yeah. Um, so obviously, there's tons of review articles out today and earlier this week as well. There are lots of vampire reviews. Um, feel free to go check those out. It's a lot of just breaking down the cards, which is always good to see when there's new stuff. But the uh, article that I thought was most interesting since last time we recorded was uh, from Set the Tempo blog mm. talking about warband choice and sort of breaking down some of the psychology of like how you choose warbands and like what the sort of strategy is there when you're trying to choose warbands um, from obvious things like trying to play the meta to um, I guess things that are more like you just want to stick to one warband forever um, like uh, you know, some people are just diehard uh, Fire Slayers fans, and they're just gonna play them until the end. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so I thought it was really interesting, um, different sort of article. So feel free to check that one out. Uh, yeah, Jazz and Malog, for example. Yeah, our local, yeah. So. I mean, repping Malog forever, <laughs> never change. Um, <laughs> do you have anything? Um. So there is a uh, a couple things. So uh, I believe you say it's Floor Hammer, Floor Hammer, yeah. <laughs> uh, and 
he's picking up the torch for call it shade spire uh so oh, for man oh, yeah geez. um I, I, and he even uh he even got on the line with um uh with steven van to uh check in with him and be like hey like i'm i'm thinking of doing this like are you coming back anytime soon uh so i thought that was a a pretty cool um nod he knows where uh, his inspiration is coming from but it's this really uh really cool thing so he is uh picking a, a what he thinks might be a kind of overlooked card um and uh breaking breaking it down so i think this first article is against the wall and uh mm-hmm. really just kind of dive into a specific card and like here's all the things you know i said that's sort of we talk about appreciating content that other people aren't doing. Um, like you said, with, uh, Matt's at the tempo article was, was kind of a, a cool thing. There's, there's a lot of energy being spent on new card reviews and understandably, since there's so many new cards and products and war bands coming out, but I like, uh, I like the filling in the gaps around the, around the edges. So, um, yeah. I was really excited. Uh, uh, call it shades bar is one of my all time favorites and I hope it comes back at some point. Uh, I really appreciate Steven, Van's efforts to that effect. Um, uh, but this is, this is great also. So recommend you go check it out for hammer. Um, uh, I think I found it with a link to the discord. I will try to put it in the show notes too. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah. Uh, another one of my favorites, uh, no gets, no glory came back with a stalkers review and, uh, he has some really nice, efficient reads. Um, I, really very much enjoy his humor and then uh i think he pointed out something that i, I hadn't noticed which is kind of cool that they uh seem to give in the uh star blood stalkers uh they them theirs pronouns which is which is kind of a cool oh. thing like no need to gender them if you don't need to so yeah um hats off like that was that was a that was a good catch and I, I appreciate that and uh always glad to see an article coming out from there and then uh i guess the last thing i wanted to say was uh path to glory uh, I, those guys need to sleep for about a week based on how much, <laughs> <laughs> how much content they had to put out. Uh, but that wasn't the original thing I was tagging. I kind of knew that was coming and, and, uh, you know, still want to give them a nod for that. Cause it was amazing. Um, but, uh, they released one of their end phases and normally it's a, um, a Patreon exclusive content that they have after. Um, so this is a, a way to kind of get a peek in and see, uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, what you have there. So you should give it a listen because it's really good. They got, uh, Tommy Conboy on there and he is, uh, a master of the objective play. I was very excited about star blood. I think I that relate. you gave it a listen. Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. sort of in the background, I was, I was working and listening at the same time, but sure. some, I probably missed a few things, but it definitely had some good insights. Uh, kind of did a, basically just like sort of a card by card rundown from what I can remember, uh, sort of what he ran recently with star bloods and mm-hmm. some of the reasoning for it. So, yeah, it's a really good conversation and you should check it out. Uh, and if you enjoy it, you should, uh, and you want more of that, you can, you can always throw them some support and get on their Patreon and, and listen more. I, I'm not currently doing it, but, uh, I, I'm thinking about it after uh, hearing that. And that was pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to cover though. Uh, but yeah. what have you, I, I'm just, I'm going to give you your moment in the sun here. What, what, what the heck is going on with you? Oh, Seraphon feels so good. <laughs> feels so good. Um, been painting, building decks, playing games, um, just more hobby than I've probably done in the last year. Um, 
but just very, very much inspired by the Seraphon and actually finally having them to play with. Um, haven't played a lot of games, but all the games I have played have gone exceedingly well, which has me nervous that I'm either just getting really lucky or that like some like something else is going on. And <laughs> like uh so so i need to i need to play a few more games to see if that's going to continue to hold but so far so good um, yeah i i've got to see a couple of years uh and they've, they've been impressive just the p- sheer scoring volume of the uh star blood is pretty spectacular yeah i will say the speed package on star blood is chef's kiss <laughs> yeah Perfect. yeah we were we were remarking about that there's so many you know, sometimes you'll put that that uh, speed packet speed package, and of course, we're talking about cover ground, um, uh, gathered momentum, and some winged speed death. upgrades here and there, and then uh, winged death. And uh, they just have so many, so much redundancy with that because they've got great base speed and uh, some nice infaction upgrades, and they benefit yeah. from having those anyway. And ranged attacks make those all the easier because you don't you know have to finagle the positioning quite as much. So. Yeah. Most oh, impressive. Yeah. Very good. Uh <laughs> what the heck is up with you, Davey? What have you uh, been doing? Well, I've been uh I've been road tripping with my kids, just me and me and the two of them. Uh so I haven't been able to get as much in. I did get a league game in, uh kinda on a whim, busted out Thundrix and uh had some fun with them. Nice. And uh mostly watching because uh, again, like I've kind of not been in a position to really uh play much, but I've been able to wa- do some some viewing so i've watched some of your games and then uh, watched a bunch of, of uh, video content so um, awesome some of the different channels and streams out there uh it's been fun and uh this very morning i was watching my teammates this is my round to sit i'm the backup player for a team that made the semifinals in the team championships and uh as of as of our recording right now the the series is tied 1-1 and the the rubber match is happening right now in a <laughs> brutal crushes mirror match, uh, and Jimmy versus Benny. So real, real Titans throwing down with each other here. So, yeah, uh, I've, I've had to close discord so that I don't get tempted to go <laughs> take a peek. <laughs> I'm giving you my undivided attention listener. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you're, when you, uh, you turn off the, tv when your favorite team is playing because you, you're worried you're gonna jinx it so <laughs> <laughs> For sure. um yeah so that's that but uh I, although i haven't been playing as much been doing a ton of thinking about the game and really enjoying that part of it too nice nice always good well should we get to our main topic yeah let's do it all right so today we are like we said covering the new essentials pack these cards are I mean, as the name implies, picked out as essential cards for all Underworlds players. Um, There's 20 of each type of card, so you get 20 objectives, 20 ploys, and 20 upgrades. Um, I I don't say gambits because specifically it is just ploys. Mm. Um, I think part of that is because they want this to be a simplified release um, in the sense that if new players pick it up they can use it with any warband there's never going to be cards here that can't be used so that's my guess um not 100 sure about that uh 
And these cards are also essential in the sense that they are never going to be rotated. Um, we'll sort of talk implications of some of that when we talk about the specific cards. But uh, I guess generally, it seems like a good idea to me um, to have a solid set of cards that's always going to be around. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Davey? Yeah, I, I think it must have been pretty difficult to come up with this list. I mean... Uh... And I can foresee a situation where, you know, as interactions come and go, as, as the rest of the card pool changes, you may or may not have to restrict stuff or restrict or unrestrict stuff on this list. Uh, yeah. I don't think anything jumped out to me that would need to be forsaken. That would, that would feel like a mistake, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's an error to have something on here that's, you know, restricted, like restricted cards are, are part of the game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I think that's fine to, to have those in there. And, uh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, and I, I didn't realize until I saw the cards that I was like, man, this is a pretty big impact. Like going forward, you're always going to have access to these. It's, it's kind of incredible to think about. Um, and some of them we, we kind of would have thought that we, I think in the back of your heads, we always thought we'd have access to great strength or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, there's other ones. It was the surprises in there or the, the ones that you couldn't, uh, easily predict that were, uh, the most exciting to, to think about, but, um yeah uh what well, was something else the, there was the uh new layout uh a new art style um yeah. did you have any thoughts about that yeah um i guess first off i was just a bit surprised when we first started seeing the cards from the starter set sort of being previewed and they had this shockingly different layout and it was yeah. like well wait a minute <laughs> what's this what is yeah. this coming from yeah um i guess for people who don't have access to the actual cards or pictures of the cards, although I think they're generally pretty easy to find at this point, um, they have pretty much consolidated the glory. So they're just using numbers and a single pip now instead of like actually showing each marker for how many glory you score. So it's just a little mm -hmm. faster to read. Um, it saves space at the bottom of the card. They've also eliminated a lot of the art around the edges of the card which I have yeah, to you're talking like kind of the, the border art sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to imagine they're doing that just to make more room for text and then also the actual art itself, um, which the art now stretches from border to border, uh, mm -hmm. from the short length of the card. So you can get a much larger picture in there. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I'm pretty sure that it used to be that flavor text was put before rules text, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And yep, I think yep. that has now been flipped as well. So um, just you know, makes honestly, it... I did not notice that, but that is 100% correct. Yeah. yeah. So I think it just, again, it kind of just makes it faster to read, which, I mean, not, not that the old cards were hard to read, but it, it helps, I think, a little bit, streamlines things. Yeah. I wonder if they didn't, I mean... I wonder if there's such a thing as like a, there must be like a ergonomics consultant or something you could get in, you know, like it, it just kind of yeah. feels like they must have had somebody, you know, maybe there's like a technical editor or something that says, Hey, look, like, here's the things you want to keep in mind. Here's how you, you know, want to think about, uh, although, I mean, obviously these, this is a company that's been publishing stuff for a long time. So they I'm sure have a lot of expertise in house and maybe thought about it a little harder and thought there's some different ways they could yeah. present. Yeah. I do um, imagine though that, you know, in that vein, 
they haven't been in the card game industry for very long so maybe oh sure maybe they yeah. did learn a few things there um yeah uh what's your overall what you you thumbs up thumbs down neutral on the change what do you what do you feel for the art uh i i mean i think the new layout is pretty slick i don't have any problem with it um i do like the just the increased size for the art on the cards i think is something that i really appreciate the rest of the changes i could you know i could take it or leave it um i don't really need it to be changed but uh, i always appreciate larger art i mean the art sure. is always pretty great on these cards and having more room for it just seems like a good good idea yeah uh for me i feel like one of the things that i do particularly enjoy about the layout is uh you mentioned how you were saying there's only ploys in here which is true they're all labeled gambit dash ploy uh, mm, yeah. like every card is labeled with exactly what it is. So it's got its symbol that we're used to the dagger or the gears for, uh, gambits or upgrades, um, employees or upgrades. Uh, but then it actually says what it is. And I feel like that's pretty important as, uh, cause I've, I've taught it to a number of, of players and that can be, that's one more confusing thing to try to remember what this particular symbol is or means. True. Uh, and so, if you reduce some of the strain on a, on a new player, they've got a, they've got a ton to read and a ton to learn anyway. So that's, um, that's pretty cool. I think, uh, I think it was a little, uh, jarring at first cause I was so used to the old style and you know, yeah. I love this game. So I love, I've, I've loved the cards as they've been. Um, but once I got over it, kind of the initial, not even, not, not even an initial, um, negative reaction. It was just like a initial, like, uh, this is different <laughs> yeah like whoa whoa what's going on here uh and i was like no actually i think this makes sense i like this so so I, I mean i think the obvious place to start here is just that a lot of the cards from the standard core sets which we didn't see all of in Direchasm, mm -hmm. are all here mm -hmm. um and so these are kind of your standard staples that came in the core boxes so you'd have hold one through five you got supremacy you got annihilation you've got conquest and denial and you know the cards that basically for the first three core boxes were just all repeats like mm -hmm. um which is just unnecessary mm -hmm. which i have to imagine is a good part of why they're in here and not in a core box anymore because sure yeah just add some flexibility in those boxes so you can branch out and do different things when you're releasing those boxes and make it a more appealing product for existing players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and as someone who's getting everything anyway, you know, it's nice to be able to get even more new things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always liked kind of seeing like, okay, well, you know, there, there's some mild interest in seeing like, what does supremacy look like this season? Or, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, seeing the different objectives or seeing know here's what the flavor text is about this kind of objective or whatever but um but i think this is this is great like if you if you asked me that was kind of like a a finding a silver lining and this is a this is getting new toys every every year uh instead so that yeah. is cool definitely uh, yeah so uh that standard makes up you know hold one through five Annihilation, Conquest, and Denial. So that's eight of them accounted for. So that kind of leaves us with 12 that you might not have instantly predicted. Um, of those 12, what uh, what stood out to you? So there was a, a number of things that stood out, though I think, I think I'll start with just cards that I really didn't expect to see. Mm -hmm. um, 
So some of the ones that I was surprised to see come back. Uh, so <laughs> Great Gains is in here. Yeah. Um, it's like, whoa, all right. There's a staple card that has pretty much always was always with us until Nightfall rotated out. Um, it's just a nice, easy score. So like people were playing it pretty much constantly because uh, scoring five glory in a round is not especially difficult. Um, and then if you did, nobody could stop you from scoring that. And then the other, there's two other ones that it just really were surprises to me. And that was um, making a statement, which is hold all the objectives in an opponent's territory for people who don't remember that one from Shadespire. Um, it's considerably easier these days than it was in Shadespire. So um, kind of an interesting card to have back. Mm -hmm. And then Pure Carnage was the other one, which is just at in an end phase, there are seven fighters, seven or more fighters out of action, regardless yeah. of Warband. Um, this is one I've uh, always loved because I played a lot of Reverse from Shadespire yeah. and Nightfall days. But you, uh, and, you and me both for three <laughs> glory, pretty pretty nice to have like kind of a a capstone card, um, especially for a Warband like Reavers who may be kind of looking around and saying we're a little thin on the ground for objectives. So. Yeah. And I think uh, like even gets like that card a lot, which is sure. No, it's like swarm war bands. It's like, oh, am I am I gonna lose most of my fighters? Well, here's three glory for having most of my guys be dead. Yeah, I I think right at this very moment where uh, crushes are, you know, kind of the bullies, um, crushes and Molog maybe. Uh, mm -hmm. This what's kind of nice is this is a aggro. You know, because you can't, you generally wouldn't want to do it by just losing all seven <laughs> being your people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is kind of aggro, but it, it doesn't benefit the small war bands who, you know, could take it, but then can't guarantee that they'll, you know, because if they go a three fighter versus three fighter, yeah, or, you know, three versus four, you know, you very rare you're going to have <laughs> every fighter dead. Um, my special shout out to this card is that uh, Karsis got to be the poster boy on it. Yeah. So little little nod to the reavers being that. And then even better, if you look carefully in the background, you can see all the bodies lying around. You see there's blooded sick, uh, but there's also <laughs> uh Grundon. So this was clearly pure carnage scored off of Godsworn Hunt versus Reavers, which is as it should be. Yeah. So. <laughs> the bloodiest of conflicts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody just dying. One I was pleasantly surprised to see in and not really thinking of because it's still uh it's uh from beast grave i think it's the one and only from beast grave i think you it is pointed out if we don't count any of the ones that are kind of repeats uh as path to victory um so we know this is two glory did you is uh did you take somebody out or were one or more enemy fighters taken out of action in the preceding action phase and does your warband hold two or more objectives uh it is marked with dual so that as templating is, is still in there bolded uh, and what I love about this one is it is, uh, it it has both parts of the game. I mean, I guess there's more than just two parts of the game, but it, it has you know holding objectives and killing things. So it you're having to play in multiple spheres, and I think it's a I think it's a great one. And I think it it's fine for that to have a really long life in the game. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I was also surprised, but in a good way to see this one. And like you say, I think this card is almost like one of the best designed end phase cards we've seen where you have to be sort of playing in both realms and it, it means that lots of people end up using it, but it also means that there's like not necessarily a push, but like there's an emphasis in good cards for playing flex, which I think helps the game stay away from passive play. And I know there's been endless debate about whether or not it's a good thing or not, and we don't need to get into that today, but I think most of the community probably is happier when their games involve some dice rolling. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, so great, great card for it. Um, I feel like we've been in a lot of end phases, a few juicy surges in here, like any of these surges here. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Branching Fate is definitely one that uh, I did not expect to see here again. Um, Yeah. Sort of a weirdo from Night Vault that uh, ended up becoming pretty consistently used just because when you're rolling three dice, uh, so a lot of those range three, three sword type attacks. Um, it, it's just a fairly reliable score. Um, and for those who don't know, this is a surge where you score it on an attack action if you rolled three or more dice and uh, all of the dice were different. Um, so, and I guess it's worth noting, you can score this on a defense roll as well. So if you're being attacked and you roll three mm-hmm. different dice you can score this as well not going to come up as often but it is still possible yeah uh and not to be the art guy and maybe this is i think it's i think it's apophenia is where you see patterns where they aren't necessarily there but uh they have the briar queen on here and i've scored a bunch with her in my day like either with her attack or when you get a defensive upgrade on her yeah scoring it defensively so I was uh, just that little bit of happy to see her on there. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sure lots of people were using this with ghosts back in the day. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, it's a nice little callback. Uh, is there uh, a surge that uh, jumped out at you? Yeah. Uh, so we saw strong start come back. So strong start is uh, one glory for uh, after the first hit fighter is taken out of action. If it's an enemy fighter. Uh, I really like that. It's a, it's an aggro card, um, but it's a little bit of a gamble because uh, it can only be, you have kind of one opportunity to score it during the round. Um, mm-hmm. And then also notable is the absence of martyred, um, where which was kind of the reverse, making sure that you're, the first fighter out was your own. Uh, and I have to imagine the reason that's not here is because it made for some weird incentivizing like, dive and grow yep. into lava pits and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I didn't do that quite <laughs> as much. Uh, um, I, I did enjoy it for things like, well, okay, I'll go. It, w- it would make it even better to go second or it, it, uh, it would cushion the blow of having to go second in that, in those crucial second and third rounds sometimes. But, uh, but I, I definitely get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and we know that when the suicide deck started to, become a thing that they clamped down on that pretty much right away <laughs> they're sure. like this is yeah. not what we intended um you shouldn't be getting glory for killing your own fighters so yeah that and uh no remorse are two uh objectives no remorse is for knocking somebody out that has 
uh, with an attack action that does more damage than they have wounds. Those two mm-hmm. seem to particularly benefit uh, the heavy hitters like Molog and, and Crushes. So they didn't get nothing out of this, and we'll see that'll <laughs> yeah. continue to be the case later. Yeah, I think we'll see uh, that later on that they definitely didn't get nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think No Remorse is an interesting one because it. I don't think we saw it a whole lot when it was around uh, originally, but now that there's a lot of beefy fighters and a lot of ways to add damage like there's probably what like five or six easy to access plus one damage cards mm-hmm. um like even killing wound three and four fighters you could still score this sometime with depending on your warband so oh for sure again uh, with those with those big ones or like uh crushes the um uh, is it art skull who can uh, spend wog tokens to boost his damage up yeah so yep that's probably why he's on the card art <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh there it is again yeah um, <laughs> it's like they thought about it uh yeah so it'd be i think like this is the kind of card that maybe at this exact moment those kind of decks don't need because they have surge of aggression and they have mm-hmm. uh, that that sort of uh they have enough other cards that'll get there but as those rotate out you know then you maybe come back and look at this especially you know all of these essentials are going to be more important at the beginning of each season as it comes around because that's when the card pool will be at its smallest so um i think you can almost think of these in in those terms uh as well as just you know at all times so well i think there's only one other surge that we haven't talked about yet that's true might as well mention it uh we get a victorious duel again. Um, yeah, this is one that's been around a bit. Uh, it was reprinted in the gift pack, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and so this is a surge where you score it if your leader takes an enemy leader out of action with an attack. Um, and you do get two glory, so it is a bigger reward. Um, I don't think we see this one very often, but I think again talking about the bigger fighters benefiting here uh like molog probably still likes victorious duel um and crushes can probably pull it off without too much trouble as well so rothgorn could be a fan yeah yeah it could be even ripa i guess could probably get going there if he gets his upgrades so um a sort of a higher risk one but a, a pretty big reward if you can pull it off yeah, I, so, and I think the other role of cards that are permanently in the universal pool, uh, you know, there's, in in our day and age of uh, excellent internet resources, um, there's a lot of ability to just kind of take a successful deck and, and grab it for your own, but that's not what everybody does. You know, a lot of people yeah. build them for ourselves, and so um, for them to take some space for things like hold objective one through five, which really are kind of the bottom of the barrel as far as uh objectives you want to be taking although you know i there may be cards down the way that somehow unlock those you know you, you never you can never <laughs> yeah. say never uh but that you know on the spectrum all the way up to uh li- like this with a victorious duel where just seeing those cards like i think you learn something by uh including those cards and then learning why they do or don't work you know yep um i Definitely. i think I think they're important teaching tools, some of these. So I think there's a lot of people who put Victorious Duel in uh, because they have a strong leader. Uh, in the example here, you've got uh, Scritch, I think, has just 
kind of uh, dueling swordsman style, ran past each other and taken out Vasilak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you might have uh, a leader that you think is particularly powerful and then discover that ah, actually, like, I get kills with the rest of my warband. I don't want to have to wait on this and, and have a brick or, you know, or maybe it does work for you. But I think, I think uh, a number of these are, are uh, good teaching tools. I would definitely agree. Are there any other of these end phases that you think are in that same vein or just any that you want to talk about in general? I think the last one I'd want to mention is the they have the hold one, two and hold three, four also cards that got reprinted in the gift pack. I think yeah. this is fine to have these uh, permanently in uh, right now. They suffer from how much disruption there is in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, once, once uh, maybe that rotates out, maybe these kind of, come back into I, I think it's nice to always have those in there um and then especially if you're in a play group with a smaller smaller card pool then um any of these cards become more attractive um so i i think they're i think they fit the bill what they're looking for you know here's here's some archetypes to think about yeah yeah and i mean it, it just keeps the baseline for uh hold objective play right i mean you're not you're not just stuck with supremacy which supremacy is probably right now almost impossible because people can see it coming and then one distraction or you know any number of other things and it's messed up and that could be tough for newer players if that's all that they had to work with so right definitely agree uh should we move on to gambit ploys here yeah i think there's just only one objective we didn't actually talk about so i'm just gonna say it quick that plant a standard is now in here just sort of forever um not a particularly strong option but it does give another whole objective choice um Mm -hmm. and this is another one i think kind of flexes in and out uh for hold objective or aggro play um so have your leader hold an objective in enemy territory and an end phase for one glory is a bit hard but i think again it's like it's one of those good learning tools Mm, sure but yeah let's let's dive into some gambits um were there as with the objectives were there just sort of a standard set of things we expected to see here uh much much smaller i think everyone was expecting you know was able to kind of predict that um predict the hold one through five supremacy you know Mm -hmm. those those objectives were uh almost certainly going to be here i think if i tried to write down a list of what 20 gambits did i think were going to make it yeah. That list was much shorter. Um, and even, even, you know, having a good idea, I, I think gambits were even harder than upgrades. Uh, even having a good idea, still seeing some of these, it was almost shocking because you're like, oh yeah, like we could have at some point existed in a meta where this card was not available at all. Um, yeah. Notably for me, I think uh, sidestep uh, confusion uh, where the, and to a lesser extent, determined effort, um, but sidestep and confusion have been around for such a long time that I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, yeah. I, I mean, they've been literally around since the, the very first shade spire core set. And so when you saw like, Oh, well, it would have been weird to be playing without sidestep as available. Um, yeah. And I, I think, uh, I mean, our very first episode was about push cards and about kind of the, the importance of that one hex. And I remember one of my very first learning things was, uh, figuring out that I better put sidestep back in the deck. Cause I, I kind of was like, I don't care about, <laughs> I can move three. Why would I, why yeah. would I want one more? That's one third <laughs> of a, like, uh, uh-huh. so, 
yeah. I think that's those, those were, how about you? Was there, was there any ones that you were like, yep, I was totally expecting that or. Uh, yeah, those were the ones. Um, okay. I don't, I mean, looking at the rest of the list here, just quick to make sure. Yeah. I don't think anything else was anything else I was expecting to be here. Um, I guess one that maybe could have been expected, but isn't here is distraction. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we have had uh, briefly, we had at the start of Beast Grave uh, a period in the meta where there was no distraction or distraction equivalent mm-hmm. uh, before Nightmare in the Shadows came out, before the gift pack came out. Um, I think that's cool. I think uh, I think we may see distraction again. You know, it, it may get reprinted just in, and I think it's powerful enough or, you know, reprinted by another name. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I uh, think... Uh, I think that's okay. I think it's, um, I think that's a, it's a extremely powerful card. And I think when people have to pick between distraction or sidestep, generally they're picking distraction. Um, I think so too. For, for, uh, reasons we've discussed elsewhere. And so, uh, I think to have the slightly less powerful, but still excellent one in this set is the right way to go. Definitely agree. Um, I think there's lots of good reasons for it to not be here and, uh, so, well, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not sad to see it be a non-permanent addition to the game. Sure. So I guess thinking about, uh, some of the strong cards that <laughs> ended up in here, um, mm-hmm. how, how about you kick us off with some that you thought were very strong ploys that ended up in here? Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, man, there's a lot and there's a lot that are not like like oh my gosh you can't believe this in here it's so broken why would they reprint it it was <laughs> yeah. it was just like oh great you know here's here's a here's a good one here's a cool one um yeah. so i would say uh well let's say duel of wits coming back um reaction yeah. play this after opponent plays a ploy draw two power cards um and notice it's ploy so it doesn't it still doesn't trigger off of uh, uh spell gambits for what it's worth Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so if we enter a, a meta where there's a all of a sudden strong magic presence again, then this, this one will go down, but, um, card draw people really kind of open their eyes to just how powerful card draw is in the, in the beast grave season. Uh, and now this is with us, uh, from here on out. I think, uh, it's fun because it sometimes ends with a mini game of like, uh, I don't need to play this just yet. Or, you know, sometimes you got dual wits in hand, so it's kind of clogging your hand and you're like looking at the other play like come on like, play something <laughs> yeah really yep sure would like to replenish my hand a little bit so, uh, i wonder if they had to think a little bit about this or improvisation which was the discard your hand and draw three um, Ooh, yeah uh, uh man i that card is so strong uh <laughs> there were a number of times where i was using that when i had no cards left in hand to just yeah. draw three um yeah or or even if you had like a big hand of upgrades uh it could get you out of a really tight spot um i think i think i really am glad that they went with duel of wits i think that having some card draw is very good for the game having too much can end up being a bad thing i think we're almost to that point right now Mm um but but generally i think duel of wits is a nice sort of payoff um i guess temporary truce is maybe better balanced but i think duel of wits is still a good one to have around sure 
yeah, you have less control over when it happens, but uh, mm-hmm. you you um, you don't have to give your opponent one. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that was uh, of of the many that that uh, jumped out at me. That one was one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the initiative and and go again here. All um, right, do it. <laughs> as, <laughs> uh, I think lethal ward is a big one. Yeah. Um, so that's the pick one objective token, deal one damage to any fighter in the same hex as that token. Uh, some really cool things to think about this. So one, um, I think uh, Worm Spatter, super excited to see more pings. Yep. Um, I think even um, Dread Pageant are not displeased if, they, if they're if they trying to push for the Inspire because they've, they've got one of these in-house. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, if you can build redundancy, that, that makes it more powerful. Uh, I think as much as people like objectives right now, it's great. And it still has the wording where you can pick an objective where it's your fighter. So you can have some anti-primacy tech uh, available with this where you can damage damage your own to try to deny uh, a primacy grab uh, if you're really going. Or if you're uh, really next leveling it, you're playing Reavers, killing your own guy to trigger Fueled by Slaughter (laughs) and get free attack. Uh, Who would do something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Only me back when I could get martyred off it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, not only me. I, I, I'm sure I got that from somebody else to be. But I don't want uh, any angry yeah. messages telling me I'm stealing somebody's glory. <laughs> so that's that's what uh, daylight robbery is for. <laughs> well, since you mentioned it, <laughs> sure. uh, that one is also in here again. Um, strangely enough, that's now been printed. This is the third time, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh sort of an odd one to show up here isn't it um yeah i mean it's been restricted i don't i mean i never thought it really was that strong but i guess in the uh, in the situations where it works it ends up being ridiculous in the early parts of the game yeah it's like get a glory for playing a card and then your opponent also loses a glory so it ends up being a two glory swing but it's one of those fun control cards so yeah fun control he says and <laughs> hundreds of listeners scream out in pain yeah. uh no i agree though i i like it for a number of reasons that I, you know i think it's restricted for that i think the objections are for uh, people who think that it's kind of a negative player experience but uh, i don't uh, i'm not too uh fussed about that side of thing uh i'd like it as the idea of um it could be it could be pretty choice in a um Godsworn hunt deck and anything that gives them a little bump is always nice. Yeah. Steal one and get, get an upgrade that they hadn't yet earned. Uh, For sure. I kind of led you into that one. So you (laughs) go ahead and go ahead and pick one of your own choice. All right. All right. I will pick another strong one since we were still trying to get through those. Um, Not to say that it's not strong, but I do think that mirror move is one in here that, uh is quite good um got a lot of play back in the day uh this is where you play it as a reaction to an opponent's push um and then you can push one of your fighters or or not specifically your fighters i should i should be more careful about how i say that (laughs) you're you're choosing another fighter and pushing them the same number of hexes Mm -hmm. um this is fun because it's just so flexible um it's kind of a dealer's choice uh sidestep or distraction reaction um and if you're facing somebody who does some of the weirder pushes where they can push two or three or more hexes 
you yeah. can suddenly get a crazy push uh, for some other fighters. Sure. And uh, we know that Starblood and Grimwatch are still very much relevant uh, in, in play. And they each have very important cards that push fighters too. Yes. Um, I remember using this card and it was real fun when somebody's getting ready to push two and you're really trying to figure out the exact timing you want to use, you know, like when, when am I triggering this to, to uh, have it go off just, just how I want it. Yeah. Um, I really like that one because you, you can see some spectacular plays with it. Um, like when you pull it off, pull off something cool with it and then you feel real, real happy, real proud of yourself or, <laughs> or sometimes you'd be watching a game. Someone does something really cool with it. And you're like, man, that was, that was rad. Some of those galaxy brain moments where you're like, oh exactly. my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of galaxy brain moments, there's uh, no time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is the uh, power cards cannot be played until after the next activation. And I, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but there's just, uh, it can you can use it at the end to make sure that people, that you lock in a board state before you hit the end phase, which is cool. Yep. You can use it uh, if you've been forced to go first in a round. Uh, and so you're having to take that activation where you don't have the advantage of, uh, you don't have the advantage of helping yourself with, uh, uh, power cards and you can say, well, neither will you. Um, mm -hmm. and it's also, uh, it'll, it'll block any reaction cards, um, not reactions written on upgrades or, or, uh, fighter cards, but it'll, it'll keep people from using. So if you are real worried about that brutal reprisal or furious, uh, reprisal or, or whatever reaction attack cards exist out there or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. um, you, even for, um, narrow escape, you know, you can drop this if you really are worried that, uh, or, gosh, the list just keeps going on. I yeah. mean, there's, there's yep. dread pageants, uh, pass off damage. There's, there's so many reactions that are real powerful. Um, I don't know that that makes it powerful enough to bring this card, but same, same, like I was saying, like when, yeah. when this card works, you feel like, a genius <laughs> and sometimes you just play it and they're like yeah i didn't have anything i was going to play anyway like, cool, yeah. cool cool don't tell me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, and it's another control card um like one of the hardest controls in the game except for uh frozen in time which i mean thank god that didn't come back <laughs> um but i think it's good to see that they're they're putting stuff like that in the game they want to keep it a part of the game so definitely happy to see that one come back mm -hmm. the, there were two different segues i could have used off of uh mirror move one was the galaxy brain one was the pushing three or pushing weird so <laughs> pushing yeah. weird uh we got a couple of those actually uh it's true um i'll uh I'll, I'll throw out commanding stride it's got storm sire on this i when i first saw this i <laughs> dropped a monoline because the first time i really saw this card really uh being impressively used he was using it in uh the grand clash finals to uh yo-yo charge his uh storm sire so he'd come running forward fulminate and then use it yeah. to retreat back to a safe spot and he made it onto the art so uh i really like what they're doing with that um yeah a leader up to three hexes i can think of some leaders that would really like this it's got to go into a starting hex but um hey, there's a lot of those <laughs> yeah yeah exactly good stuff yeah uh, just, just when you think you've got Malag locked down with, uh, you know, with, a whatever, a lead bone dust or energy drain or something like that, then he commanding strides into a spot and starts wailing away again. Oh, man. 
the other wacky push you want to take that one yeah, sure so this is like the one of the wackiest that we've ever had um so this flickering step uh so you roll eight dice uh and choose a friendly fighter and push them up to a number of hexes equal to the number of crits that you rolled um so obviously john win reese's favorite card in the world um <laughs> yeah. but but so eight, eight spaces every time yep every time <laughs> without fail uh but but i think realistically what you are gonna see with this card is that odds are you're maybe rolling one um so although there's like this potential to have some crazy pushes i personally don't ever remember using or liking this card very much just because it's too inconsistent mm, sure. um, but if you need another sidestep it is an option yeah i think we crunched the numbers on it and it wasn't even as probable as we thought to even get that one so. yeah yeah so an, an interesting one to come back this this might again be one of those learning lesson type cards where it's like hey yeah. here's a thing you can do but maybe you yeah. shouldn't <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh well gosh let's keep it going with uh pushes because there's there's even more uh oh yeah actually you're right <laughs> yeah uh i think three more by my count we got a uh, counter charge so reaction play after an enemy fighter's move action that is part of a charge action choose one friendly fighter and push the chosen fighter up to three hexes chosen fighter must end this push adjacent to the enemy fighter this is another oh, one of those yeah. that i think um is is good and then it has some deceptively powerful uses so especially with how many lethals are in the current environment uh you have a fighter who's vulnerable to getting pushed into a lethal uh even even the target of the charge can use this to run around to the other side of the fighter who's attacking them uh and get back there um it's good on fighters that have minus one for uh attacks that are adjacent so maybe you're getting uh charged by somebody with a range attack a range two or range three so they're trying to uh avoid that you come back in um it is good for somebody who wants to be adjacent for a counterattack. so crushes like this so they can get in close and then brutal reprisal um, yeah uh or just boosting someone from your back line and uh i think i saw jonathan saying something similar like this this is often for me an 11th uh 11th gambit uh yeah and I'm like yeah i can't quite get it in <laughs> and then somebody use it against me i'm like well, he just crushed my soul. So yeah, yeah. thanks for that. So, oh yeah. How did I forget about this other push? <laughs> uh, so the other one, and I think, man, is this, this is, this is the last one or is there still another no, one? No, there's one more. Okay. Well, so their center of attention is yep. back. This is probably one of the stronger ones that's in here. Yeah. Uh, so this has a weird FAQ. I don't remember what the FAQ said. Go look it up. But basically, <laughs> the way it works is that you choose one fighter and then push all the other fighters that are within two hexes of that fighter up to one hex. But they have to end closer. Yeah. Uh, I so... think the confusion comes because it says up to one hex. So uh, sometimes people are like, well, I'll push my fighter zero, but that doesn't get them closer. I think the yeah. language is in there. So if it's impossible to do, you yeah, don't have, yeah. you don't break the game state. Um, and, yeah. and I think also if you, you can't like a push doesn't count as a push if it's zero. So then there's also like some of that weirdness uh, where it's yeah. like you technically aren't pushing if you're pushing for zero. So <laughs> I don't know. The, it's a little strange. They didn't clean up the wording on the card on the new one, but either way, just know that it, it moves fighters one hexes closer. Um, if you haven't played with it before, but 
this is another one that has a lot of uses um, and probably far more than even counter charge has. Uh, I think I think the defensive plays with it are some of the weirder ones that you maybe don't always expect. Um, sure. Where you can like pull fighters out of position for making charges or you can, uh, you know, pull fighters off of objectives or you can pull your fighters back so that they're out of range from getting attacked or yeah. you know, I don't know. There's, there's just so much you can do with this card. Um, and it's a great one. So happy to see it back though. Definitely wasn't expecting it. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, it's another one that there's some pretty cool plays get set up. I was having some thoughts about trying to figure, is there like an optimum warband size for this? Like it helps in a big warband cause you have more sort of center of attention nodes, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Uh, to, to trigger this off of as well as probably more disposable fighters. But then if your board is really crowded, you can really kind of disrupt your own positioning with this accidentally. So, um, but yeah. And then uh, art shout out. Uh, I thought this was genius. They've got Vasilek with all his uh, war band just fawning over him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's so on the nose, right? Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> have picked better. Uh, really happy about that one. Uh, the other push one is Inspired Command. Uh, oh, choose one yeah. friendly fighter uh, other than your leader and pick one. Push the chosen fighter one hex or give the chosen fighter one guard token. Uh, I really like this. I think your default is sidestep because universally useful because often you uh, often you are wanting to push your leader who's an important fighter or uh, or there's always a possibility that your leader's dead because that, that's required in order to even be able to play this. Um, but then the flexibility of being able to place a guard token, uh, especially as, as powerful as a guard is, uh, keeping you on objectives or keeping you safe from lethals um, is really cool. So I think this is, I think this can be in the conversation for a lot of decks uh, of, of certain archetypes um, to include. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, because this came out in the leader pack, and I think yeah it probably didn't get as much consideration at the time because giving a guard token wasn't as good back then because you could right, still sure. be driven back while you were on guard at that time so 100 percent um yeah this this card got sort of a sneaky buff uh and now yeah, it's that's just a really around. good point because it rotated out at the start of beast grave when uh when, yeah yeah guard rules uh upgraded yeah good call um other inspired thing inspired attack mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so so this is a nice little bump uh so you have to choose a fighter well you don't choose um so you give plus one dice and plus one damage to the first range one i've forgotten about that part of this card a number of times uh (laughs) to the next attack action made by an inspired friendly fighter yeah um obviously plus one dice and plus one damage is a lot uh so in warbands that can easily inspire this can be pretty crazy mm-hmm. um and i mean especially for warbands that are really going to need to be able to go sort of hardcore aggro um i think they really like this card um, yeah this felt like a godsworn hunt staple for a long time because yeah. not only like you do that one two combo of upgrade a fighter they inspire, they have that upgrade, and then you drop this on them, and they went from like a pretty pedestrian threat to like, holy cow, that guy's doing five <laughs> damage on three hammers now. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's always fun. Yeah. I mean, that cruise missile style of play works pretty well with inspired attack. Yeah. Um, 
I like uh, I like Arnold's ambition on this card here. I don't I don't know if he's quite the cruise missile he thinks he is, but uh, he's gonna have a go at skates. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> even inspired, he's not. I mean, I guess if he rolls a crit, he could get scathe, yeah. but <laughs> if, there, if there's a lethal, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, uh, maybe he's got some great strength we don't know about. Yeah, maybe some fighters ferocity. <laughs> oh, uh, what well. else you want? <laughs> we'll uh, do you want to talk about that card? Uh, I think that's an upgrade. So oh, yeah, that's an upgrade. Nope. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned to yeah. hear more about it. Um, yeah. Uh, other other sort of fun cards that got included here. Um, We've talked about a lot of them now. Yeah. Misdirection is is an oddball. Um, I don't think it... I think it very rarely got taken. I think in some of the most extreme Molog control builds... Um, or uh, some of the uh, uh, Cataphrane Relic decks mm-hmm. where you were stacking somebody, you wanted to make sure that they didn't get hit with uh, with some of the other uh, busted things like uh, Frozen in Time or um, uh, one of those that shatters uh, an artifact or, or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I think that, but I think that's the only time there's in there. Um, it, this is one that up and down, depending on choose. I, I, I'm sure somebody somewhere will use it on me and I'll be, very <laughs> sad um but that that felt like an oddball that uh wasn't looking for and and uh, i don't immediately see a point where i'll include it yeah i think that the so again it's another sort of control piece to put in here to tr- try and keep that alive um as you say i don't think there's any obvious uses for it but uh i mean you never know as ploys keep seemingly getting stronger there there is definitely some room to try and do this but um i think the real limiting factor here is that it, you can only use misdirection when a ploy targets a friendly fighter um, and then you have to redirect it to another legal target if there is no other legal target then you can't even use this so um be weird if it was yeah. just any fighter targeted by a ploy and then you could redirect it to another legal target, that would be great. Um, that would mess people up all over the place, but unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, any other ones you wanted to... We've, we've kind of covered almost all of them. But... Yeah, there's 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 not a lot left. Um, I think the only other one that I thought was... I mean, there's a couple I think are worth talking about, but another one that I think is pretty good and is probably not something that got used enough back in the day is shifting shards Mm. um so this is this is one where you can pick an objective token that's in an empty hex and then move that objective token into an adjacent hex um so this is a little bit of a restless prize restless prize yeah um light uh you can't like pull stuff out from under people so it does help sort of limit that kind of play but um there's also no limits to saying that you can move it into lethals so you could i think that's uh so there's an existing rule in, just, in the book now it's just says, a standard uh, rule yeah you can't put it on a, a lethal token i believe um oh yeah so i there, there's a weird dual thing where you can't have a uh objective uh you can't stack the tile tokens. on a you can't stack tiles but you can you could it could go into a, a lethal i know when this originally was around there's no restriction at all 
and you could put it into a block text, which was real. Well, yeah, that was people just reading between the lines and being like, well, it doesn't say I can't do this. So, <laughs> but, but I think that having like a hex mover as a standard thing is pretty sure. strong. Like, I think we've seen now that Restless Prize has shown that it it's definitely a powerful thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a permanent choice for being able to do that same thing, but a little less powerful, I think is going to be a, a very good option to have in people's toolkits. Yeah, fair. Um, there's an accuracy one in here, Keen Avarice. Yep. It's a plus one dice uh, to range one or two and cleave if the target is holding a, an, uh, an objective. So you, both those bonuses only exist if your target is holding an objective, which your target's going to be doing a lot and uh, often going to try to be on guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a pretty big boost in accuracy against uh, some of these things you're swinging at. I think this is a cool meta choice, and I think it's a great one to have in for that reason. Um, so yep. as accuracy cards come and go uh, at the start of the season, this becomes more attractive. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and nice to have a, a spread of, of cards, you know, accuracy cards and control cards and all that sort of thing. Definitely, definitely. So let's see. We've got, I think, four that we haven't talked about yet. Should we sure. just hit them all since we're that's, that's what we're doing these days? <laughs> pretty much done them all already. Yeah. Um, let's talk about healing potion being back. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, is OP. <laughs> old school here. Um, we haven't seen healing potion since Shadespire, uh, but it's really nice. Um, it's flexible too. Um, so, so you choose a friendly fighter and you roll a defense dice. If you happen to roll a shield or a crit, you can heal two from that fighter. Otherwise, you always heal one at least. Um, so, if you're, you know, if you really need the gamble to try and save somebody, you can go for it. But otherwise, you just always have that option to heal one. And sometimes, just bumping yourself one hit point is enough to survive another round. Yeah. Um, I think having very easily accessible healing tech is probably not a bad thing for there to just always be in the game. Um, unfortunately, I do think this helps <laughs> the the big boy meta a little bit more right now than it does anybody else. But sure, um, they're probably already tripping over themselves trying to figure out how they're going to fit all their ploys in. So <laughs> healing potion is probably not always going to make yeah. it in. Um, yeah, right. Um, they may look for it once ferocious resistance, uh, becomes less available. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oddball is a grievous repost. Um, and it's yeah. a reaction. Yeah. Uh, so it only works against range one attack actions. Uh, but if you had one or more crits in the defense role, uh, and the attack had to fail, then you get to deal two damage to the attacker, which is a lot of damage to lay on somebody unexpectedly. Um, it, it's interesting because only range one attack. So it's not even just an adjacent attacker. They have to be range one. Um, and, uh, but it does occupy a pretty important reaction window. So this is a defensive reaction, which means it has priority and it's an after attack action. So, uh, if you crit out a, uh, snarl fang, then you can grieve your pasta and stop the jaws as well as doing damage to him, which is a real feels bad for them. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, it's a, 
That's a tough one. I, I think you might have it if you have one of these decks that, uh, like I can see, uh, I, I'm almost surprised that um, Glissette's not on here. It feels like right up her <laughs> alley, you know? Um, yeah. Kind of hanging out defensively and uh, critting out, especially, you know, this is, a, this is a, a weird way where you can actually start dealing damage back when you have formidable defense on uh, with your with your three dice. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I wonder, I'd have to look at the wording on uh, Gallingen. Uh, and see if that stacks or not. I think they probably both occupy the, the yeah, same window. They both after an attack, yeah. but uh, it'd be it'd be funny. Like, oh, I can't afford to risk getting damage. I'll go after somebody other than Galling and get. <laughs> I think I think there's already the... some of that. But yeah. anyway, yeah, definitely uh, an oddball. Yeah, um, but I, another good one to to have in there for seeing the kind of variety. Uh, I think the only one that I'm seeing that we haven't talked about yet is mighty swing yeah um which maybe you forgot about because <laughs> i i've used it on you one too Horribly. many times but yeah so this i think is a really interesting card um i liked to use it back in the day but maybe that's because i'm just crazy um so this is the first range one attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation will have scything um I'm, back in the day this was like twice as long because they had to explain how scything worked in the card but <laughs> right um but yeah so being able to turn any range one attack into a scything attack is pretty strong um especially if you can line up charges into weird spots where you can swing at three or more fighters um it's risky because they're gonna have a lot of supports but man you can completely change a game with this card yeah, I mean, I think if you if you look at the trade on paper and say, okay, this is gonna earn me an extra one or two attack actions at the cost of handing out some supports, I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, um, and I think it makes it a yeah good card. Yeah, and um, yeah, my traumatic moment was you like hitting three reavers with the one rip tooth uh, siding <laughs> attack. It's like, how does that even work? <laughs> so, <laughs> Dice, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, this is pretty standard, I guess, knowledge for scything, I, I would guess. But like, this is one of those weird things where if you know you're charging into a group of fighters, but one of them is like on one dodge, you start there because they're the easiest one to hit. And if you kill them, then the remaining fighters lose some of their right. support. So Right. Kill them or drive them back. Then um, the next can, ones will get easier. So Yeah. You can, you can sort of game this too. So it gets weird. Uh, again, like big boys with sing with range one attacks all of a sudden yeah. they're gonna be scary yeah and there's some weird if somebody figures it out how to how to uh wrap it into like combo weapons there's some pretty uh oh crazy stuff word. that would happen with, with <laughs> the right combo um so yeah because you could uh, you could get the combo reaction off of every scything attack right exactly exactly so Ooh, you can give yourself the chance at a lot of uh a lot of opportunities so um and then i mean anything that is helpful with combo thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to see it played some at some point right yeah uh upgrades let's do it. oh actually sorry one one last comment about looking at these uh gambits as a whole i really think that it's awesome that there are so many pushes out of the 20 um True. i i think this kind of drives home what a core element of uh, that positioning serves in this game uh, and all those pushes 
in these in these uh, twenty gambits that will be with us forever. Uh, there's there's lots of uh, gambits that affect that, and I think that's awesome, and I think that helps reinforce that idea. Um, and they are they're good. Like positioning is good no matter what style you're playing. So definitely uh, All upgrades. Right. All right. Again, we we have the sort of standard set here uh, that you'd expect. All the greats. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, not a lot to be said there. Uh, they they make sense. They're easy to understand. That should absolutely be in the core. And it's nice not to have to reprint them forever. Uh, yep. And also, Molog on great strength, using it to kill uh, Targor. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Uh, I mean says you. <laughs> yeah, you you already had enough for no remorse what's happening <laughs> <But> <laughs> maybe he was trying to do crushing blow from i mean i know that card's rotated but <laughs> yeah sure have to do double damage come on uh yeah so i think those are the three that uh everyone was fairly fairly well predicting to see yep um and then the rest were all uh, if not outright surprises not necessarily you know there were there ones that i wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily bet one way or the other whether it'd be on there. So for sure. Um, a couple more damage boosts, which seems intense giving up how much damage boost there already is in uh in our current <laughs> yeah. meta. Uh but crucially these ones benefit range as well as uh up close. So fighter's ferocity, uh plus one damage on a crit, and glory seeker plus one damage of attacking someone who wounds characteristic of four or more. Um so uh uh, again, perfect art on on some of those uh, Grundon coming in. Yep, the Glory Seeker. They don't care about Glory Seeker coming at them. They they don't have four wounds. But they it, can, very they true. Know, so. Uh, so this is these are permanent buffs to ranged uh, ranged combat, um, and they're damage buffs. So they they just they'll work on a, a ranged spell attack action or a ranged attack action equally. Yeah. And I think that that's good. I mean, when we saw the ranged damage boosts get dropped off, um, I feel like ranged play pretty much disappeared. Like people realized that doing like one damage from ranged just wasn't ever quite enough. Um, and so having these back, I think, will make a bunch of fighters more valid than they were um, in the past. So then with, I think, you basically mentioned it, but then the other benefit of putting in a damage boost like Glory Seeker um, is just that it only benefits the smaller fighters for the most part. Um, or more accurately. Well, it more it, benefits uh, them, right? Like, right. It, you, it doesn't penalize them uh, yeah. like it does the, the big fighters. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you will probably could still see this with the big fighters because they know they're going to be fighting other big fighters, but there's other ways to get that same damage that'll work against mm -hmm. everyone. Um, yep. They they would probably take first, whereas Glory Secrets like I just need all the damage boosts I can because I need to take <laughs> down the big guys. Then yep. stick these in here. Um, there is a number of attack actions. There's Sword Breaker, which is uh, yeah. three smash two damage on a critical hit. You can discard somebody's attack action upgrade. That that special ability is. Uh, uh, pretty pretty niche. Um, I yeah. don't imagine it uh, happening very often, but um, you know if it does, then cool. Uh, mutating Maul, um, where you can it's a pretty standard attack two smash two damage, get cleave or knock back one uh, on on any given one, and then uh, dark darts, 
uh, range three, damage one with cleave. So just some good utility attack actions to include in there. Um, and some decks are more interested in those than others, uh, particularly with the range. Oh, and I guess there's a uh, guardian, guardian glaive. Yeah. yeah. Um, range two, two damage rerolls and that, uh, spears are always are fairly popular. Um, so that, that's kind of a, that one kind of comes in and out of a few decks I have because being able to, uh, reroll all the dice in your attack is, is pretty big, but, uh, so yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're on an objective. I think I think of those attack action ones, the one that surprised me the most was Dark Darts. Mm. Um, didn't expect we'd see this again. <laughs> <laughs> a nice range three that you can always use, and it has cleave, so yeah. um, you can't just score off of hitting with cleave anymore, but it's still useful to have a pretty accurate ranged attack for pushing people. Sure. Um, and like so many of these cards, I think we, we mentioned it specifically because... Uh, uh at the start of the season when half the weapons rotate out you uh you may be looking for for uh, more options so yeah definitely all right so that's damage boosts the standard stuff weapons which is actually a fairly significant chunk of these uh any any sort of other standout kind of utility upgrades or any sort of other things of note well, I think uh, I was mentioning with the Gambus how much how important I thought that positioning game was, and mm-hmm. Duelist Speed is uh, Exhibit A in that. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, incredible for you know basically, and what what's also cool about it is like you only get to use it after you make an attack action, so it's particularly powerful with people who have range two, all like uh, yep. and range three, uh, all of Thundrix. Uh, but even range one can do some cool things with it, where you kind of charge in, attack, and then shift yourself onto the objective that you wanted. Uh, it's a way to get onto an objective that somebody's holding. So if you can go and kill them and then step onto it, um, I think yeah. this is one that a new player looks at and says, uh, you know, it's kind of a whatever. And then um, with more experience in the right, the right uh, warband or deck, this is incredibly useful, incredibly powerful. Uh, I love circling hunter in snarl fangs. Um, and this is a lighter version of that, but yeah, uh, um, but usable, you know, in a whole bunch of different factions. So very cool. I like this one a lot. It's um, it's very good. Um, definitely one of the more surprising ones to show up here. Yeah, very powerful, right? Like, yeah, especially with certain fighters. So. Definitely. Uh, in that same vein of like powerful push tech, we also got Quickening Greaves back. Oh um, yeah, which is another one that I did not expect to see. Um, so this is one that is a little weird where in a round you get to do one of two options either at the beginning of the round you can push a fighter one hex before the roll to determine the first activation so you don't know if you're going first yet uh or after the final power step you can push a fighter one hex so before final scoring um both options are very good uh you can do a lot with pushing a hex at the beginning or the end um and you can technically kind of do it back to back in the middle of the game so how, um, how do you think this uh interacts with um or the timing works with the star blood who may be reacting after that final power step uh with a skitter or something you think that do you imagine the skitter would this is not a reaction so i imagine the skitter happens first and then this i don't know probably a reaction would probably happen first because it's just at the end of the opponent's power step and then mm. this is 
not a reaction just after the power step so yeah. like after the reaction window so yeah you can yeah. probably do it twice uh art shard art oof, art shout out <laughs> uh golgotch has got some pretty fly greaves on here yeah it's pretty hilarious he's just he's calling butt with his big gut hanging out and his shiny pants yeah <laughs> i figured it was gonna have to be that or uh I was, I was half expecting to see a chosen axes guy because those guys are mostly <laughs> naked just have one of them find some pants for yeah. a change and, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's uh, real good into them as zach newcomb has proved to me many a time i mean it's gotta it's gotta really help with them getting on to objectives and just adding movement so yeah very very strong upgrade that we'll probably see a lot of again now that it's around forever yeah yeah i 100 percent agree with that um anyone you wanted to bring up here uh yeah so i mean there's a couple other ones that i think are standouts i will go to now uh, we'll talk bag of tricks it's weird it's another control one um yeah. so this is an upgrade that gives you an action where you can then search your power deck for another uh card and then put it in your hand and then afterwards you do have to give the fighter a charge token um the ability to just go get any card out of your deck is probably hard to really quantify. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be very dependent on play styles and decks as to how good it is, but I, I have to imagine that there is some super, super strong uh, options with this. And then being able to add, put a charge token down in some warbands can actually be uh, sneaky useful for other things. So Sure. Yeah. Um, it could, I guess... Uh... Well, it's, it's a, you know, just trying to think of those niche things. Like there's the obvious one with the, um, uh, the Kurnothi. Why am I? The Wild Hunt skates yeah, Wild, Wild Hunt. Hunt likes having charge inspired. tokens at the end. Uh, but it can help out with Run Ragged. Um, and the, uh, there's some more bands where once everybody has a, uh, you know, like a Dread Pageant has, uh, I think Endless Revel or something. Once everyone's got a move or charge token. Mm-hmm. Uh, score one so this is a way to do that without necessarily moving somebody out of position if you didn't want to um but yeah and i think you call it correctly uh generally speaking it's a it's a control card um because those are the decks that are most frequently drawing um spending activations you know especially the passive ones uh, spending activations drawing power cards and this is exactly that only you can choose exactly which power card uh and if you have a fighter that you can afford to lock out then all the better yeah, definitely. Yeah, like if you need your your third upgrade for Avatar or what have you, mm-hmm. combos oh, uh, combos a little bit with to the end. And I didn't really that. think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with to the end because you know, let's say you bottom decked your uh, frenzied search or whatever, and you can go find it and then draw. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you've got this and frenzied search, this can be kind of effectively <laughs> a, a draw three. Um, go find your draw cards and then draw more cards to draw more cards. <laughs> <Just draw. laughs> I did, uh, I, I had a bunch of draw tech in the, uh, um, Drix game I was playing. And I think, uh, by the end of round one, I had drawn like 10 or cards or something. Like, or I, I had like 10 <laughs> power cards in hand, pretty, pretty close to, uh, a, a double turns worth. Cause I, nice. Uh, yeah. So pretty goofy, but, uh, it happens. Um, uh, I noticed this. We got a little. Uh, we retconned Leechstone and uh, Earthingstone Earthing yeah. to be metaliths. Uh, I know we wondered what metaliths 
were about before. Well, now there's three of them. Apparently we had two of them all along. We didn't realize it. Uh, <laughs> and these feel like, these feel like pure, uh, meta calls. So the one, um, if you're holding an objective fighters cannot hold objectives in that territory, seems real powerful. Um, it's just one of those things that's powerfully can counter something powerfully, but then there's, there's ways where it, it gets, you know, you get pushed off or killed or the objective moves out from under you. So, yeah. um, you have to have a really strong reason for using it. The other one uh, prevents healing, which uh, I guess if uh, ferocious resistance is really triggering you, you can <laughs> set that on. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's not terrible. Like, well, I, I guess you have to be within two. So so if you come in and hit Molog really hard and then put this on, you're like, ha, you can't heal, and then he kills you and heals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it wasn't so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are, <clears throat> uh, and those may become more interesting if there's some kind of thing that triggers off a medalist down the line. For sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, we'd hope that there'd be some reason for there to have that keyword, but we'll see. Sure. So, I mean, there's only one other card in here that I think is actually like particularly like interesting that i wanted to talk about um i mean we can obviously mention the other ones but i think they started at this point start to become even more niche and start to drop yeah. off a bit but i think potion of grace uh mm. still has some play um as an interesting choice so obviously you can use this as a reaction after a move um to then douse the potion uh and or down the potion i should say <laughs> and uh remove your move token um, interestingly, this does say that after a fighter is given a move token that you can do this reaction. So it could be after an enemy gives you a move token. So if that starts to become more of a thing, then Not suddenly, uh, you do have this counterplay to that. So right. that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, it's a counter counter tech. So if you're one of the war bands that are being particularly brutalized by, autopodal or the venom or by uh, uh energy drain or something like that you have a fighter you just can't afford to have him get a move move token uh the thing is you do kind of signal it because it's got to be on the fighter already um uh, before it goes so you kind of you kind of put it on to say like hey don't play that on me it's not worth it uh yeah i think we can like you said i think the remaining things are are very niche there's uh kind of defensive in nature like uh, champion's fortitude for a reroll on a defensive dice. Yep. Maybe worms better happy about that. Horrifying armor minus one wound, uh, but minus one when people are attacking you. Um, also pretty pretty niche, but maybe you know some people are, are stacking the defensive rather than the health. Yeah. Um, regen, yeah. Uh, regenerative charm, healing one at the start. Um, I I don't I don't know that I ever really saw those taken too much. I think I never liked it much just because the most you'd ever get out of it is two times that you get to heal, right? Oh, yeah, Cause you have point. to draw it in your first yeah. hand to even get the full benefit. Cause it's only at the yeah. start of the round. So, yeah. um, I never liked that one a whole lot just because it wasn't very reliable for actually healing. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's an arena mortis multiple more, more Ooh, than yeah more there you go rounds. there you go <laughs> although my experience of that was i just died every round <laughs> yeah so, that's fine you uh, just come back it's fine and uh shard collar for when you really are leaning into the uh labyrinth boots and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or, or just 
any of the hold two of like a specific number, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's really going to be the only only time you care for this is if someone's trying to block you out from that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think this this uh, yeah, I think this this pops up only when numbers are important and uh, even then only when a lot of the other movement tech is not around. But yeah. And I think, again, this one this one suffers from the at the beginning of the action phase stuff right sure absolutely so same same thing twice in the game right at most yeah yeah all right that was a ton um i think the what only other the only other oh, one we didn't talk about snap. is probably the like only used in arena mortis card is army of one oh right <laughs> oh yeah only friendly fighter surviving plus one dice plus one defense yeah uh my brother did use this in our game of arena mortis and it was awful <laughs> i was like oh rip tooth you're yeah. so hard to hit now so, yeah. yeah maybe crushes will use it but outside of three fighter war bands i just can't ever see yeah it's got to be a small number and you expect to lose a couple on the way somehow so i don't know yeah, yeah. tough call uh all right i think that's well, everything yeah um you want to give some quick thoughts of what your overall take was on this yeah. So, so I guess generally I felt like this was a really nice set of cards. Um, it was a good mix of different things and it's a lot of stuff that, uh, you can really get some use out of. Um, so it's not like, Hey, here's 60 cards, but there's three you're going to ever use. Like there's a good chunk of these that are probably going to get used. Um, and I think that that's really nice to give new players like a set of cards. That's like, here you go. Here's your first warband. Here's this chunk of cards that's always going to be available for you and mm -hmm. go wild because you can actually build some nice stuff with this. Yeah. Um, and then because it has some nice stuff, it is still a worthwhile purchase uh, for players who have played for a while, but maybe didn't start right at the beginning and don't have all the Shadespire stuff. Sure. And still a nice purchase for completionists like myself who yeah. want to have all the new art like the art owner <laughs> oh yeah but what i really like is that it's a thing where somebody says hey i'm really excited about this game i want to play uh but i just kind of want to start a little easy um and then you can say well what warband are you excited about and say uh crimson court i really like vampires awesome pick up the vampire kit and uh grab this essentials pack and you have enough to like absolutely in the local gaming groups build yourself something functional mm -hmm. uh, and go to town because you have the you know as long as somebody else has got the boards and dice for you to match up with obviously you're gonna be playing someone else i i just i love where it fits in into that um uh or you know maybe this new starter set they grab that in the essentials but i think it i think it's just a great source of uh generally pretty usable cards like pretty solid cards uh, that you know, besides being usable, make you think about lots of different aspects of the game. I think it was a well curated list. So hats off to the crew that did that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, oh, and I, I, I really, I think I already mentioned it before. There's a, there's a lot of kind of proactive, uh, movement stuff. Um, so, uh, between quickening greaves and all the pushes, uh, I like what it may have done for some end phase objective hold, uh, things. Although, uh, having said that, I thought, you know that they're a little bit on the back foot i did watch my teammate nick uh today do some pretty crazy crazy stuff whole lot of objectives at the end um so yeah um, it's, it's but, definitely uh, still doable um yeah and this set 
that helps more than mm-hmm. it hurts, I think. So I, I think, think so. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. We'll have to see how, how much monologue was helped with some of these. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think to go along with that, it'll be interesting when we finally do see the next far list, um, especially to see like which of these cards end up in there. Cause I think there are some that could probably be restricted right away. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some that are pretty strong cards. Um, especially in certain war bands, they get really strong. Like Duelist speed might just go right onto the restricted list. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. It's tough to, tough to figure out. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to kind of talk about with the overall? Um, I think, I think the only other thing that I think is very interesting is that they chose. And of course this has probably been planned longer than this, but, but now is when we're getting it, that they're doing this card redesign. And I, I have to imagine that this is not something that they just did on a whim. They probably weren't Mm -hmm. just like, huh, let's just change it up just because, um, I have to feel like aesthetics and UI, of a card. I mean, if you can use that term for physical, <laughs> uh, yep. layout, but, um, like that, that probably had to be something they thought about quite a bit. Um, probably wanting to try and optimize. And I, I think it maybe could portend a fairly significant shakeup to the game in general come season five, especially now that we basically have war bands for every single faction. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what direction they're going to go in for the next season. Yeah. Um, 100%. so so i mean seeing a big you know layout change makes me think that they've got they've got probably significant plans to try and hit a maybe a bit of a restart button um so i mean obviously all speculation but it just it feels like something that you don't invest in if you don't have big enough reason to do so yeah um yeah totally and to kind of go along with this this is you know, a little bit neither here nor there of how the actual game is played, but I did see recently in the newest job postings for uh, Games Workshop that they have a design position for Underworlds and Warcry that was just opened up. Um, and I mean, until this point, I think the game was designed almost entirely by, you know, just a very small group of people. So if they're bringing in another designer, that's got to be another big big deal um of course Warcry being included in that role maybe means that they're just <laughs> trying to make sure they've got some backup but um still seems like a, a pretty big decision yeah yeah absolutely um but uh I, I you know obviously daydream a little bit looked at it i was like i i, I could not <laughs> <laughs> and then it'd be awesome have to but, move uh, to nottingham uk and it's like nah, yeah nah yeah. i don't need to sell yeah. my house and move my family yeah. and <laughs> so uh i hope someone awesome gets it yeah i love sure. this game i hope yeah i hope whoever gets it loves this game uh as much as as much as we do because it'd be i hope it continues to uh be strong um and i like i like this development um before we scooted do you have you can pick any card at all for any reason did you have a favorite of this of this group well i mean there's a lot i think <laughs> i think we were talking before we started recording about like favorite art and like uh, you sort of mentioned how the pure carnage art was pretty great. And there's a lot of really good art here. Although I, I did think it was funny that they chose for annihilation that the war band <laughs> that's going to be out of completely out of action is uh, Magor's fiends. Yeah. Um, it's like, 
everything got flipped on its head here. Yeah. Um, There's a little callback to the martyred Magor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I, I, I like that they still do stuff like that and that they're uh, thinking about that. And I guess in the same vein, um, conquest has the sepulchral guard uh being yeah. the ones to score conquests <laughs> which would be awfully Jeez. difficult <laughs> so definitely like that you you have one that is a favorite i i think it's just a card to exist uh mirror move is my yeah is my grab um i just really like seeing things happen with that i think it's so cool um there's really cool plays that uh, trigger off that um uh, so I'll, I'll go with that. That'll be that'll be my answer. I, the, the, you would think that would mean I would include it in every deck, and I'm sure I won't. But uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be rooting for anyone who plays it, even if they yeah. use it to crush my plans. So still a great a great play space, even if you don't use it. Yep. All right. Is that? I think we've covered them all. We've covered it all. I think all. so. That was a beefy one. <laughs> yes. uh, a lot of cards. So yeah. Um, but excited, uh, and we have. Uh, we have a lot coming down the wire. I'll, we're going to stretch out some of our warband coverage. We're going to try and, you know, there's there's some great content already out there, uh, different blogs. Uh, Can you roll a crit? And um, Path to Glory have got their hot takes in already. And yep. so uh, we'll see if we can get some some uh, play experience with them uh, and give you give you that perspective. Um, and that just kind of fits better with our ability to... Um, to uh you know absorb and uh produce produce the content so that's that's where we land um yeah all right if you uh if you want to share with us what your favorite uh was out of this pack you can let us know at wthcast what the hexcast at gmail.com i can check out our content at the mortals realms.com uh we uh talked about what we got coming up uh, recommended listening for this was back again from dilated peoples that's off their 2020 album uh that's 20 slash 20 not <laughs> yeah not the <laughs> date 2020 exactly um uh, but uh thanks for listening uh and uh you can always catch up with us uh on the discord if you want i'll have the link in the yeah um in the notes that's kind of one for our our greater uh greater mortal realms network um lots of and, uh, interesting chats going on in there all the time yeah a lot of different topics it's kind of fun to ping around and see what people are uh enthusiastic or passionate about so all right uh for what the heck's i've been davy and this is phil Shall we uh, dig into the actual cards themselves? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I the only other thing I want to say, I guess it's at first I was thinking that uh, splitting them twenty objectives, twenty gambits, twenty upgrades. I was like, ah, oh, uh, it's interesting that they had you know a full third of them be objectives. But on the other hand, I guess roughly a third of your deck is objectives, like in a standard thirty-two card deck. You know, so this is, this is yep. a pretty even split for how you'd expect them to be in a in a deck anyway. So um yeah yeah maybe not even worth mentioning maybe even getting edited (laughs) out (laughs) we shall see cutting room floor go all right yeah um but yeah objectives yeah Uh
All right. Will you have a real waveform this time around? Uh, no. I mean, hey, I, I mean that's pretty decent. Something better than nothing. All right. Let me.